Good morning. May the Lord be with you and also with you. Uh, today, as this is the second Sunday in Lent, we continue to uh, look at what Jesus' uh, life and death and resurrection means for us. Of course, that's something that we actually do every single Sunday as Christians. We gather together we pray, O oh God, you see that of ourselves we have no strength. By your mighty power, defend us from all adversities that may happen to the body and from all evil thoughts that may assault and hurt the soul. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Old Testament lesson is from Genesis chapter 17. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless, that I may make my covenant between me and you and may multiply you greatly. Then Abram fell on his face, and God said to him, Behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make you into nations, and kings shall come from you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you. And God said to Abraham, as for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her and moreover, I will give you a son by her. I will bless her and she shall become nations. Kings of peoples shall come from her. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our epistle is from Romans chapter 5, the first 11 verses. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. For while we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would even dare to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since, therefore, we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now have received reconciliation. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the 8th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. And Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi, and on the way he asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? And they told him, John the Baptist, and others say Elijah, and others one of the prophets. And he asked them, But who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, You are the Christ. And he strictly charged them tell to tell no one about him. 
And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed, and after three days rise again. And he said this plainly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. And he called to him the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If any one would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel's will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his life? For what can a man give in return for his life? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Well, grace to all of you and mercy from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text from Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. I want to reread verses 10 and 11. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Dear friends in Christ, for those of you who attended Dell's funeral on Friday, today's sermon might be a little bit like Jesus' death and resurrection for us, part two. But then every Christian sermon is likely a part two and three and four of what it means that Jesus Christ died and was resurrected for us. As St. Paul once commented, I am resolved to know nothing while I am with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Every time someone makes the sign of the cross on their forehead or across their breast, they are they're showing agreement with St. Paul and indeed giving a big amen to our Romans text for today. After Jesus asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Soon after that, Jesus began to teach them that the son must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed, and after three days, rise again. Now that's a very explicit prophecy, and one that we're glad to hear as we live in the days after it all came true. But for the people around Jesus at the time, it was a very discouraging thing to hear, because they were often stuck thinking in human terms, and the here and now is hard enough for us to grasp, never mind God's mind and his will. With this prediction, Jesus tells us what will happen to him, the rejection, the suffering, the dying. But we want to know more. We already know this is what happened, but we don't. what we don't really have a good grasp on is what difference this makes in our lives. The good news is that there is actually more to this than just innocent Jesus dying unjustly. The good news is that God actually did and does have a purpose in all of this, and he does something by Christ's suffering that affects us in a really wonderful way. And that is actually the theme that St. Paul takes up in our text for today. 
Paul is intent on helping us understand the results of Christ's death and resurrection for us and what that produces in us. And in order that we might catch the significance of this, he uses three very important words that meant a lot to the Jewish people around him, but are are often lost on us Gentile people who live 20 centuries later. Paul uses the word justified at the beginning of our chapter 5 text, and then again later in verse 8. He, since we have been justified by faith, he says, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And later, we have now been justified by his blood. Now, to be justified means to be put right with God, to be declared righteous in God's court of justice. If you consider yourself as the one who is on trial in a courtroom, God's law is what is brought out to charge us with the offenses, not keeping the commands of God in the things that we think and say and do. Now, perfection is what is required, and by God's law, it's crystal clear that we are guilty as charged. The punishment is also in God's law book, and we see it come true every day. The punishment is death, but actually eternal death, damnation. And yet, as this very, very bad news sinks into us, we we hear from God's word that he has provided us with an advocate, one who fights the charges for us, and even more, one who actually takes the charges upon himself and pays the penalty. Jesus Christ, though totally without any sin himself, took on our sin and suffers the penalty. He sheds his blood on the cross and covers the death penalty for us. Any death we now experience is more like a sleep than God's punishment because it leads to eternal life and not to eternal separation from God. This is what it means to be justified. This is what Jesus has done for you and for me. Now, as a result of this justification, Paul says we are now saved. Now, we think we have a better handle on this word because it's used all the time for things like the animal rescue shelters who work to save puppies and kittens from neglect and abuse. It's a happy day for them when they're able to arrange a puppy adoption out to a new family who will care for the pet. Though trite, this isn't exactly far off from what Jesus has done for us in saving us. He's rescued us from the Father's anger at sin and indeed rescued us from sin and death as well. By Christ's death and by his rising to life again, we have been saved, rescued. And so being saved is another way to talk about what Jesus has done for you and for me. And that leads us to the last word for today, which which perhaps is a word that has the most day-to-day impact in our current lives. Paul says that while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. And this happened, Paul says, through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Now, this past week, I was talking to a group of people about conflict resolution and more, something even better. If you think of conflict resolution as a goal, it would be as if a husband and a wife who were at war with one another found a way to coexist so that they wouldn't kill each other. But that's as far as they got. 
conflict resolution is if they were to, for example, cohabit in the same house, perhaps even take turns cooking and taking out the garbage, but that's it. But what Jesus did for us is so much more than just agree to a set of rules that gives each person a safe space. Rather, Jesus reconciled us to the Father. And this is more than simple conflict resolution, but it is as if it is as if the marriage is back on and renewed. The relationship is restored back to where it was before sin and brokenness caused so much pain. Peace is made and more. This is what it means to be reconciled. This is what Jesus has done for us in his death and resurrection. And all this is good news. There is, however, something that connects us to Christ in all of this. As Jesus took up our sin and death and made it his own, when we receive this wonderful gift, it also connects us to Christ's suffering in a tangible way. Following Jesus, being his disciple, means that you and I will suffer in this life. There will be persecution and times of temptations when the devil, the world, and our own sinful flesh will try to mislead us and destroy our faith and our connection with Christ. There will even be suffering in our lives, but strangely, dealing with all of this will have a positive impact on us and those around us as we trust in Christ. Our forgiveness and eternal future is bought and paid for by Christ. We can't earn it all over again. But rather, the, the endurance of all the struggles through faith in Christ will produce something good. Paul puts it like this. We rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. Because of the peace we have with God, we are now able to rejoice even in the midst of sufferings. We know there's something more, much more than the sufferings in this world and in this short life. The joy of Christ is greater than the challenges. Indeed, God is doing something through all of this. He's working in you to give you a strong and tested Christian character with the end result of an even greater hope. Hope is knowing what's in store for you because of Christ. You can't see it yet, but you know that it's coming. So don't fear. There's good news as justified, saved, and reconciled children of God. There's challenges ahead, for sure. But as we live in Christ's love by the Spirit's power, we grow and mature through the challenges so that we reflect Jesus' own character and love as our hope grows and even blossoms. Thanks be to God. Amen. Well, let us together pray as our Lord Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now receive our Lord's blessing. 
The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and grant you his peace. Amen. Go now with peace and joy as you serve your Lord this week. Thanks be to God. Amen.